Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? Y'all good? Man, if I'm all over the place this morning, just blame it on the worship team, all right? I'm a wreck today. I've just been literally crying for four songs. Um, Just the... If you felt the presence of God, would you just acknowledge it today? You felt the presence of God during worship? Man, um, yeah, just give him a big hand clap today. Just, <clears throat> You know, I think it's so amazing when, when we come here to worship, and, and it, it literally happens every Sunday, but it, it blows my mind every Sunday that he shows up, that he continues to show up, that he's so faithful, that he's so good, that, um, that, that, that he, he actually wants to be here more than we want him to be here. I just want you to know if, if, uh, if maybe you didn't, this isn't, this isn't about feeling anything specifically, but I want you to know if you didn't sense anything, you need to know God is here. He's in the room today. He's in this room. I know that way, I know that for more reasons just because of a feeling. I know it because scripture says where two or more are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. I know it by faith. I know it, I know it from, from within here that he's faithful to show up. And I love what happens when God shows up because he shows up for a reason. And he always does something when he shows up. It's impossible for you to stay the same when God shows up in the room. You may say, well, I, I, I feel the same. I, uh, I, I feel the same. I, I, I'm still thinking the same. I'm, trust me, if you haven't caught it here or here, there's something that has happened in your spirit today just because the one who created you is actually here in the room. Come on, look at your neighbor and say his presence changes everything. And then I'm going to go ahead and apologize for making you say the longest thing ever to your neighbor this morning. Awesome. Well, hey, today, by the way, I'm Keith. I'm the campus pastor here. If you don't know me, I know this is like week seven or eight or nine or the start of Renew Life Love. It feels like we've been doing it for a long time already. Um, but I, I, I started a kind of a, a message series last week, and I want us to continue to talk about intimacy with the Father. I want us to continue to talk around this subject of intimacy. This is, uh, hey, y'all awkwardly walk through while I'm preaching, and we're all going to stare at you. All right, thanks for coming. Yeah, cool. Just play worship and don't listen to the message. Y'all just go ahead and see how it is. Whatever. We just pay you. It's no big deal. Just kidding, they're all going to Midland to do worship down there. <laughs> um, you know, this, there's something important. There, there, there's something on this time that we are in as a church when it comes to intimacy. I believe we are in a special season of pursuing intimacy with the Father. You say, well, Keith, uh, shouldn't we always be pursuing intimacy with God? Well, absolutely. But there are times and seasons where God comes in our life and says, hey, I I, want to draw attention to this subject. I want to draw attention to this season and what you should do specifically in this season. I'm telling you today, if you are a part of Renew Life and you call this place your, your, your family, I want you to know we are in a season of pursuing an intimate relationship with God. That if there's ever been a time for you to jump into that secret place and jump into that, that quiet time uh, with, with, with the Lord, it's now. Come on, say it's now. 
it's, it's actually right now. This is it. This is, when, this is when something I believe amazing can happen. I believe he's taking our church. He's taking me personally through a, a season where I'm actually understanding and learning what it's like to really get in there and, 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 and spend time with God. You know, this Braden, Braden kind of, uh, he started two weeks ago. He, he began to talk to us about hearing God. And he, he titled the message, Voices in Your Head. And it was a great message. But about, um, you know, the last 10 minutes, he, he actually asked this question. He said, yeah, we can talk about hearing God and how important it is to hear God. But he, he posed this question, why do you want to hear God? Why do we want to hear God? Do we want to hear God so that we know what to do? Or do we want to hear God so that we can be with him? Do we want to hear God so we know what to do, so we can check the boxes, so we can be blessed in life and have the, have the next step and know the career to take and know the town to go live in and move to or, or whatever that looks like for you? Is, are, we, are we wanting to hear God simply, we go to him to simply hear what we're supposed to do in our life or do we go to hear from him because we want to be with him? Hear me today. I believe it's imperative as Christians that we don't just learn about him, but we learn how to be with him. We don't just learn about God, but we actually learn how to be with him. Many of us have grown up in church and we, we've, we've heard the, the pastor say, you need to go spend time with God. You need to go have your quiet, come on, we're in West Texas, we're church. If you've ever heard the term quiet time, come on, raise your hand. Go have your quiet time. Well, I don't know about you, but the first time I had my quiet time, I was miserable. I went in there and that's exactly what it was. It was quiet and awkward. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> what, what, do, what, do I, what do I do? What do I do in this quiet time? Well, I guess I'll open up the scripture and you read. And then you're like, uh, God, hey, it's me. <laughs> The pastor told me to come here and maybe something would happen. I don't know what to do here. It's, it's, see, it's not enough that we, we just tell you as, from the pulpit, from, the, from here to say, hey, I need you to spend time with God. But we actually talk about how do we do that? How do we spend time with him? You know, Jesus actually modeled this in scripture. He modeled what it was like, what you, he, he even taught on what it was like to spend time with God and how you spend time with God. Many times in scripture, we find Jesus, what was he doing? He would separate himself from the crowds. He would separate himself from the disciples and he would go. And what would he do? He would pray. He would get alone and he would pray. And we actually see in scripture why he did this. In Matthew chapter six, verse six, Jesus describes why he would actually get alone, why he would get into the secret place, why he would go to pray. He said, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You wanna know why Jesus would get alone and why he would go pray? You wanna know why Jesus would go and get in the secret place? Because the father was there. I had this epiphany this week. I, I don't know if you've ever just kind of read something really, really simple, but it just hits you differently. But I actually realized in our pursuit of intimacy with him, we don't just need to know what to do. We don't just need to know how to do it. We actually need to know where to go. 
in scripture right here in Matthew 6 tells us if you want to meet with the Father, you can actually find him in the secret place. Spending quiet time and spending alone time with God is not something that we are supposed to do. That's actually where God is. We, we actually have a place. We have a place where we can go and we can, we can know that God is going to be there. And it's found when, you, when you, you go in your closet and you lock the door behind you or you just you get alone in your car or you go to the park or you find your place and you separate yourself from the worries of the world, you separate yourself from all the things you're going through, you get alone with him in the secret place and you go there because you know that's actually where the Father is. And if Jesus did it, how much more should we? You know, he... Jesus begins to teach us about, about prayer. And as I talk about prayer to you today and intimacy, I, I actually want to use those words interchangeably because I think prayer is intimacy. I think intimacy actually is prayer. You want to know how we get intimate with God? It's actually through prayer. And, and let me just kind of, let me just kind of open, open up a little can of worms here. Prayer is more than just a, a list of items you go down with God. Prayer is bigger than maybe you've ever thought. There's more to it than just requesting things from God or, or, or worshiping God. It's actually all of it. <laughs> the simplest way I've ever heard prayer taught is prayer is talking to God. It's having a conversation with him. It's showing up in the secret place and beginning to talk to him. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus begins to teach us about this. This is the scripture I want us to come from today. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and take it out. And, and um, if, you, if you brought a real Bible, raise your hand. You brought a, a real life, sweet. I'm gonna, I wish I had a gift for you because you deserve it. But um, I don't, I don't. So if you're sitting next, raise your hand if you brought a real Bible. If you're sitting next to them, someone give them a high five. Boom, that's what you get. That's your prize right there. <clears throat> Luke chapter some are like, you're weird, Keith. I'm like, yeah, I am a little bit. All right, Luke chapter 11. Jesus begins to teach us about prayer. I want to say it a different way. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus begins to teach us how to be intimate with the Father. He begins to teach us about intimacy. In verse one, he says this, says once Jesus was in a certain, there's a story about Jesus and his disciples. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now, I want to stop right there today because I want to, I want to kind, of, kind of break something off of you if, this is, if, this is, if you believe this. Hear me today. As a disciple, one of the things we're called to do is to learn how to pray. It's actually okay for you to be taught how to pray. There are not some people who are prayers and some people who are not. There, it, it is not a spiritual gift. It is not a, an, a, 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 something given to the more mature. No, if, if, if you are having to learn how to pray, if you are having to get taught how to pray, guess what? That makes you a disciple. You're not missing something. You haven't missed it. You're not, there's not something wrong with you. If you struggle to pray, I'm a pastor and I've always struggled to pray. If you're an extrovert, 
Chances are you struggle to pray, to get alone with God. If you're an introvert, you're, you probably don't because you love that place. You're, you're, <laughs> you struggle with the other great commandment, love God. And then there's this love people thing. You're like, ah, I'm just going to stay over here to love God thing. That feels, <laughs> that feels really, really good. <laughs> I want to break that off of you though today. If you've considered yourself not a prayer, if you thought there's something wrong with me, if you thought, I don't really love God as much as so-and-so because I just don't like to pray, hear me today. It, it, that's not true. I want to release you from that shame and release you from that guilt. And, and I want you to hear the truth today. You just need to be taught. You just have to learn how to pray. These are Jesus' disciples. They've been spending time with him. They've seen him going off, doing, talking to himself, it looks like. And they say, hey, will you teach us how to do that? because we don't know how. He goes on. I love Leanne uh, read this prayer and we're actually gonna go past that. It's pretty cool. We didn't even talk before uh, this morning and just kind of right in line what God is wanting to talk about today. But when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins and we, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then verse five, he goes on. This is really what I really want to hit on today. Verse five, he says, then teaching them more about prayer. Teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But verse eight, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Because of your shameless persistence. Jesus goes on from the story to teach. He says, so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking in the door, it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, to those who ask him? I wanna title the message today, Shameless Persistence. Shameless Persistence. Would you just take a moment and pray with me? God, we, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for your word that is life, that is truth. It is healing to our bodies. It is, it is wisdom, it is revelation. We say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this place to lead and to guide us. Lead and guide us into this truth today. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would, you would speak as I speak. And that you would just bless your people today in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to ask you this question uh, this morning. Have you ever had someone bother you for something and they just kept bothering you until you gave it to them? Some of you are like, yeah, I dropped those someones off in the kids' ministry just a while ago. I just, I left them right out there with them children's workers, right? <laughs> if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. 
they, they have a master's degree in being annoying. They're a PhD in bothering you. And the, the, you don't have to see, here's the thing. You don't have to, if you notice this, you don't have to teach a kid how to be persistent. You don't have to teach a kid how to bother you, bother you as the parent for something. There's actually never been one instance in the whole wide world where, where a six, seven, eight-year-old kid has, has thought, you know what? I don't know if mom and dad are ready for this right now. I'm just gonna wait to bother them for that, that snack or that piece of food. Or They've actually never thought that because they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They're shamelessly persistent. You know, one of me and my wife's pet peeves is with our, with our oldest, he... Uh, he would always come and we, we always kind of monitor the, what they eat and all that. We've kind of been a little bit strict about that. And so um, he'd always, he always would come and ask for food. Can I have this? Can I have that? And, and you know, it was, it was okay for a while, but if you, if you have kids, you realize that they, they're literally hungry every 20 minutes. So they come and they ask, and before they finish their last bite, they're asking for another snack and you want to beat them. You know what I mean? They're just like, you just, we were just here. We just had this conversation. I don't want to talk about this anymore. So our son would bother us. And finally, we just came up and felt like God. We had this great idea. Like, here's what we're going to do, Jackson. You're old enough now. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want it. I'm going to give you freedom to make those decisions. And if we see that your decisions are not good, we will talk to you about it. Sounds pretty godly, right? Sounds like, 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 like y'all are looking at me like, wow, that's actually genius. It didn't work. <laughs> he still asks us for food all the time. But he, if we don't, even if we don't have kids, we, we know what it's like to be bothered or to be um, kind of prodded and poked by, by someone to, when they're wanting to get something from us. And as, and as human beings, you know, the truth is we don't, we don't like this. We don't like to be bothered. In fact, that's how we would describe it. We're being bothered. We're, it, it's, it's annoying. We don't have patience for it. After over and over again, it's like, you know what? That's enough. I'm, I'm going to make a rule so that I don't have to deal with you anymore. And I just want you to know today that your heavenly father is nothing like that. He's completely opposite of that. He's, he, he feels completely opposite than we do. In fact, the heavenly father, Jesus, he actually, he invites us, hear me today, he invites us to bother him. He invites us into bothering him. As we, we uh, maybe even go as far as to say it this way, he invites us into annoying him a little bit. We actually, we can't, we can't bother God. We can't annoy him. We can't go to him over and over again. And we, and we do it so much with the same request or the same thing. And we've done it so much that finally he throws up his hand. He's like, you know what? Stop. You've asked for that a million times. Your faith isn't big enough. You, you, know, you, you, you must not be believing right. He doesn't say things like that. You know what he actually tells us to do? He actually says, hey, thanks for coming with that again. Hey, tomorrow, go ahead and bring me that request again. He says, keep on asking. He says, keep on knocking. He says to keep on seeking. This is what Jesus was, was, was describing to his disciples and what he's teaching us in Luke chapter 11. Even the story, I love the story that he uses because he's talking about, he's talking about a, a, a friend of a friend. This friend goes to his friend in the middle of the night 
and says, hey, we need some food. I got this guy showing up at my house. Uh, back, back then, culturally, it was, um, it was unthinkable not to provide food for someone when they showed up at your house. It was a cultural thing. This is, why he, this is why he used this story because you would. You would go to someone's house in the middle of the night to, to help prepare for this person. And here, this guy, is he's, he's, he's reaching out, he's knocking on the door, bothering this family in the middle of the night. How many of you would like someone to be ringing your doorbell when you got little kids and they're all sleeping? Nobody, right? And here, this is the story that Jesus is using to describe prayer. This is the story he's using to actually talk to us and teach us about intimacy with the Father. Now, we have to know about this story. Um, many, many times we read in scripture, we, Jesus tells a parable, he tells a story. And, and the person in the story usually represents God and we're another person. And, um, you know, for instance, like the prodigal, the prodigal son, the father actually represents the heavenly father. I want you to know today, <laughs> this, this friend who's bothered, this friend who is annoyed, this friend whose door is locked, he's not, this, this is not the, the, the guy that's representing the father here. In this story, what Jesus is actually trying to teach us, he's actually contrasting. He's not comparing the father to the friend. He's contrasting the father to the friend. And he's wanting us to grab a hold of the power that is in shameless persistence. He's wanting us to grab the power that is in this, that, 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 that makes us keep asking and keep seeking and, and keep knocking. And he's trying to, 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 to show this parallel. He's like, hey, even this guy who's annoyed, even this guy who doesn't want to get up, even this guy who has a family who's asleep, even this guy whose door is locked, he won't even do it for friendship's sake. But if you just keep knocking, even he will get up and give you what you want. And what he's wanting us to get is, if a person like that will, get, will respond to shameless persistence, how much more will a God who loves you unconditionally, who is never annoyed, whose door is never locked, who is never bothered, who doesn't have anything else going on, who's not actually in bed, but he's actually waiting at the front door, and as soon as you barely knock, the door flies open. How much more? Will your heavenly father respond and bless you and give you that request if you shamelessly persist and pursue him? This is why he goes on to say, if you sinful earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father? You know, I remember um, this is one of the first couple of years of me and Natalie's, uh, of uh, our marriage, I've told this story a lot. And just so y'all know, I asked permission to tell this story this morning. Why? Because I've been married for 13 years and I'm getting good at this thing called marriage. You know what I'm saying? It's like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, go ahead. It's for the kingdom. <laughs> first couple of years we were married. And, and um, just so you, something you know about, uh, just to learn about me, like I'm not good at this shamelessly persistent thing. You know, like, if I feel like I'm bothering someone, like I, I back off pretty quick, right? My wife, nope, <laughs> she does not. And uh, so we go to Academy one day and she's going to return, I think it's a pair of shorts or a shirt or something. And she goes up and she had gotten this, this, these pair of shorts on sale. That's because everything she buys is always on sale. And because um, she loves to get things on sale because apparently when they're on sale, 
they're holy, like they're like of God or something. I don't know. But she goes to return. She goes to return. It was like a size small, and she was wanting to get a medium. And they, they ring it up, this, the, cash, the, the guy at the cash register, which, by the way, they, anyway, I'll come back to that. It's not their fault, people. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not their fault, Natalie. <laughs> so she goes to return this, and um, she returns the shorts. And she's like, actually, I just need a, a medium. Well, they try to, to charge her the full price for the medium. And things are getting awkward at the cash register. I'm slowly backing away from the cash register. I hate this moment, right? Natalie's like, so, so what do you mean? Like these were on sale, so now these aren't on sale anymore? And he's like, ma'am, I don't know. I just, when I ring them up, you know, it shows this price is the price you have to pay. She's like, so, so you're, and this, this is where it got me. She's like, so you're telling me that a small pair, or, 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 or no, the bigger pair, is actually cheaper. And, and the, the one that I want to buy is actually less material and it's going to cost more. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And the guy's like, yeah, oh ma'am, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, but I, the cash register shows that it is this price. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened. I left. I was like, I'm out. You can even find a ride home. I don't know. This is so weird. She got, actually, she got, she got the next pair on sales. What happened? That's how, that's how it works. This is a perfect picture though of what God wants you to do with him. Shamelessly persist. Shamelessly persist for the right thing. Shamelessly persist for that thing that you're believing for. You're not worried about what he might think. You're not worried about how awkward you might feel. You're not worried about how vulnerable it makes you to ask over and over again. You're not worried about how many times you've come to him about the same sin over and over that you can't seem to kick out of your life, but you shamelessly persist with him. Lord, I need you to deliver me from this thing. Lord, I need you to meet me in this place. Lord, I need to find this answer. And I've been coming to you time and time again and I still don't have it. And the father is like, yeah, you know what? That's exactly what I want from you. We shamelessly persistent. I believe there's something to this when it comes to, the intim- uh, to intimacy with God. <clears throat> Even as I was worshiping today, Um, you know, many times in songs, there are lyrics that we repeat over and over again. And I could just feel though, as I, as I persisted, as I consistently pursued, as I kept singing the lyrics over and over, what I was feeling is that there was this desperation coming over me. Lord, I'm, I'm actually desperate for you. I'm desperate for your presence. I'm desperate for you to come and touch this congregation. Lord, I'm desperate for you to show up on a Sunday and rock our world so much we can barely walk out of this joint. Lord, I want you to show up big. And, it just, and I just got more desperate and desperate and desperate. And he, he didn't stop me and say, okay, that's enough saying holy, holy, holy. <laughs> that's enough, enough asking. I get it. I get it. In fact, Keith, I knew what you were going to say before you even asked. That's actually scripture. And still he says, ask. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Some of y'all need to hear this today. You do not bother God. You're not bothering him about your son. You're not bothering him about your daughter. You're not bothering him or annoying him about your financial situation. 
Come boldly and confidently into the throne room of grace where you'll find help in time of need. He's inviting you in to say, come. Come on, come bother me. Come ask again. I don't know if you've been pursuing God for some time, you realize this, he doesn't actually answer your prayers right away all the time. I'll be honest, if he were to answer all of my requests the first time that I gave them to him, I probably wouldn't come back. And what I've learned about the Lord is he desires you way more than he desires answering your request. He loves this relationship. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to spend every day with you. Are y'all getting this today? Kind of one of the last things I want to say today, um, as we uh, as we talk about, as, I think even as you read this scripture, when it comes to seeking, asking, and knocking, um, we can't help but think of material things. Probably the stuff that we want, right? And maybe it's not even stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's a spiritual gift. Maybe it's wisdom. Maybe it's revelation. Maybe it's for God to move in a situation. And we and when, when we when we think about keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, we have these things that we we kind of put out there like, that's what I, that, those are the things that I want God to do. But I want you to consider something today. What if we took the principle of shameless persistence? What if we took the principle of asking, seeking, and knocking, and we actually applied it to wanting to become intimate with the Father? In other words, instead of asking God for something, what if we were shamelessly persistent about asking him for him. What if when we went to him every day, we kept asking, God, will you please show up? God, can you, will you come closer to me? What if, what if we, we actually took this whole seeking and finding thing and we show up and we say, Lord, I'm not seeking after anything that you can give me today. I'm actually seeking after you. And I'm gonna keep seeking until I find something. I'm gonna keep seeking until I find you, until I feel you, until I experience you. I'm gonna keep knocking until some door that I don't need, that I don't even know needs to be open. I just want you. Here's what I know would happen. If you keep on asking, you'll receive. If you keep on seeking, you'll find. If you keep on knocking, the door's gonna be open. Hear me today. Going to God in the secret place, it's actually not that easy. How do I know? Because I've been doing it for some time. I'll just be really honest with you. You know what? Sometimes I show up, I get done, and it's just the only thing you can say is like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> that was that. But there are also moments that I go in and I come out changed. There are moments that I go in to meet with him and he shows up <clears throat> and I feel him and we get close What I'm endeavoring, what I'm asking you to do is, would you just become shamelessly persistent with me? Would you join me on this journey? I'll ask it another way. Are you shamelessly persistent with him?
You may be persistent, but are you shamelessly persistent? Are you guilt-free in your persistence? That's what he's asking from you. I'll close with a story. I remember at the church I was at in Amarillo. <clears throat> I, uh, we were having a kind of like a Holy Spirit Sunday night or Wednesday night thing, and, yeah, service, and I was very, very expectant, um, ready for, for this thing. And one of our pastors, his name was Pastor Joe, and he was gonna teach on intimacy. He's gonna teach on spending time with the Father. And as he was walking to the building that night, he actually, um, the Lord gave him a vision of a, of a demonstration that he wanted him to do at the service. So I'm a pastor on staff. I'm sitting in the front row. Um, <clears throat> I'm, you know, we just got done with the worship and man, it was, everything was just, it was a great service so far. I'm perfectly normal. Um, I, uh, I'm having a, just having a great time in church, you know, not, not overly emotional, not anything, just kind of just hanging out, ready for the word. And, um, and he gets up on the stage and he asks his daughter to come on stage with him. He said, I, I saw this as I was walking to the building today, <clears throat> but I wanted to demonstrate what the Lord showed me. And his daughter, who I knew, sat across from him. He didn't say anything, but he looked at her right in the eye and he bent down and he grabbed her behind her head and he brought her forehead to his forehead and they touched foreheads. And I knew in a moment that was something that they did. That was something special to them. That was something they'd been doing for years. It was a father-daughter thing. And I'm not, I'm not joking. In the moment I'd been talking to the Lord about intimacy and wanting to be closer to him, in the moment they touched foreheads, I burst into tears. I mean, I was ugly crying on the front row. Loud, like doing the <laughs> I mean, and it, I'm not joking, it came out of nowhere. It was so bad. <laughs> so good, I guess. <clears throat> I don't know who did it. Someone just came and put a box of Kleenexes by me. I had cried so much and snotted so much, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I can't, I cannot lift my head in public right now because I'm a mess right now. And I look, look over and I thank God there were some Kleenexes and I clean myself up. I did not hear one thing. I didn't hear one thing he preached about being intimate, how to be intimate with a God. But I actually received it all in a moment. I, I, I received it. Soon, as soon as I saw that, I, I got it. And it sent me on a journey with God that was really, really special. God wants that with you. He wants that, that's, what is that, what is that special thing that just you and him have? That not even you and your wife have, not even you and your husband have, not even you and your best friend or your kids, but just you and him. There's something special just between a father and his son or his daughter. I wanna encourage you this week would you go in and shamelessly persist on finding that with him? Thanks again for listening today. 
If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.